0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 9 of The Mission with Zena Del Lowe, a podcast for artists and storytellers about changing the world for the better through story. We've been focusing a lot on character over the last few weeks, and that's because at the end of the day, your story lives or dies according to your main character. So today we're going to keep talking about character. However, before we get into that, I do want to give you just a little glimpse of what I've got in store for you as we keep moving forward with these episodes, because I've had a few people reach out to me asking about some of the philosophical concepts I talked about in the first few episodes and wondering if I'm going to get back to those. And the answer is an emphatic yes. What I'm talking about now intersects seamlessly with a lot of the philosophical concepts. And so it's all going to come back around. It's all going to make sense. It's all going to come together. These things are going to hopefully start making an impression on you in a way that will impact more than just your storytelling skills, but also your life. I don't want to just make us better artists. I want to make us better people. I want us to be better in general. I'm aware that I've promised to answer some of the questions that I raised in earlier episodes. And I can promise you again that those answers are coming. I just didn't have time to fit them in given the maximum episode length I'm committed to. However, it will happen. I will get back to it. I promise you. I'm nothing if not passionate about my topics. Having said that, let's return to this episode where I want to discuss a story principle that is probably one of the single most important ingredients in your story altogether, the notion of paradox. Now, that's going to seem strange to you because you're like, paradox, why would that be important? But what I'm talking about here is an essential ingredient of any good character, By essential, I mean imperative. It's a non-negotiable. Okay, so I am going to unpack this in a little bit, but for now, let's say it like this. Your character must have hidden depth. He or she cannot be at heart what they seem to be at face. Now, most of us probably get this on some basic level, but it doesn't necessarily translate to some sort of advanced writing technique. The question becomes, how do we actually do this? How do we actually execute this when it comes to constructing our characters? And this is precisely what I hope to show you today. So if you remember, in one of our earlier episodes of this podcast, we explored the difference between characterization and true character. Characterization is the sum of all the observable traits that we could list about a person simply by spending time with them and taking notes. Their age, sex, social status, these things are important. They will play into the narrative. However, they are not, in fact, true character. True character is revealed by the choices a person makes under pressure. By way of illustration, let's say we have a brain surgeon and an illegal immigrant, and they're both driving home after a long day's work, and they come to the scene of an accident where there's a school bus on fire with a bunch of kids trapped inside. Now, right away, we have a chance to show true character. The situation's dangerous, high stakes, anyone who helps is putting themselves at risk. And let's say that they both decide to help, so they're both bailing kids off of that bus. Now, who is the most heroic at this point? Well, one way to determine that might be to ask who's risking the most? Who has the most to lose? Now, some might say the illegal immigrant, because if he gets caught, he's getting deported. Others might say, no, it's the brain surgeon, because if he burns his hands or hurts himself, he could lose his entire livelihood, not to mention all the people he would no longer be able to help. So maybe it's difficult for us to decide who's acting more heroically at this point. Now let's say that the bus is about to explode and they can each only rescue one more child. And the brain surgeon is near two different children, each equal distance away from him. They are equally possible to save, but one of them's black and one of them's white. And let's say he chooses the white kid. Well, what does that say about him? Well, what it could mean is that deep down in his core, when push comes to shove, He's a racist. All right, now let's look at our illegal immigrant, and let's say he's faced with the same dilemma, only in his case, one of them's a boy and one of them's a girl, and he chooses the boy. Well, deep down, he's sexist. Remember, the greater the pressure, the truer the revelation to a character's essential nature. So while both of these characters are heroes, we keep adding pressure and therefore we keep revealing deeper layers of who they really are. But now let's look at their characterizations. Who do we expect to be heroic in this scenario? The brain surgeon or the illegal immigrant? The brain surgeon. Why? Because he's already seen as heroic. He already saves people on a daily basis. That means that we expect a man like him to act heroically in a situation like this. Whereas no one expects any such thing from the illegal immigrant, his characterization sharply contrasts with his true character. And that is the fundamental principle of good storytelling that we're talking about today. I want to give you another example. And you know what? This one's coming from Jesus because nobody else in the world has ever used this principle as well as he did. So we're going to talk about the story of the Good Samaritan. So here's Jesus teaching to the masses. And on one particular occasion, an expert of the law stands up and wants to test Jesus. And he says, Hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, Well, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And the man says, Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, that's correct. You do that and you will live. But the man wanted to justify himself. So he says, well, who's my neighbor? And that's when Jesus launches into the story of the Good Samaritan. As the story goes, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by robbers they beat him, they stripped him of his clothes, they took everything from him, and then they went away, leaving the man half dead on the side of the road. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw the man, he passed by on the other side. But as a Samaritan traveled, he came upon where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on the man. And he went to the man and he bandaged his wounds and he put the man on his own donkey and he brought him to the inn and he took care of him. And the next day he gave a bunch of money to the innkeeper and said, look, I have to travel, but would you watch him until I return? And if it costs more than this to take care of him, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses right when I get back. Now this story is fascinating on so many levels, but let's just focus on the contrast element. There is a contrast here between characterization and true character. So here's this poor traveler, robbed, beaten, left for dead, and the first person to happen upon him is a priest. Well, what is the priest's characterization? This was a position of high honor. They were the spiritual leaders of the community. They were God's representatives on earth. The priest is supposed to be good, holy, honorable, but his true character was nothing like his characterization. And the same was true for the Levite. Levites were educated. In fact, they were responsible for the religious education of the people. I mean, you couldn't get much higher on the spiritual totem pole than these two figures. And yet, the Levite's characterization contrasted sharply with his true character. So this is why it's so great. Such high drama right there in the biblical text. Because... The Jews hated Samaritans. Samaritans were considered half-breeds, the lowest of the low. And yet Jesus uses the Samaritan to show true character. And I love how at the end of the story, he asked the expert of the law, which of these three was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law couldn't even bring himself to say the Samaritan. Instead, he says, the one who had mercy on him. All three of these characters are a paradox. They are not at heart what they seem to be at face. Their characterization is in sharp contrast to their true character. The revelation of true character in contrast or contradiction to characterization is fundamental to all fine storytelling. Let's look at a couple more examples. What about Harry Potter? What's his characterization? He's young, he's a boy, he's an orphan. He doesn't even know that he's a wizard at the beginning of the story. And yet, he's the world's best hope of defeating Voldemort, the greatest wizard who's ever lived. Well, how can that be? We think it should be Dumbledore, right? I mean, Dumbledore's a great wizard. Why can't Dumbledore face Voldemort? Nope, it has to be Harry Potter. And it doesn't seem to make sense. That's why it's a paradox. Harry's characterization doesn't seem to match his destiny. Of course, Harry has to grow into what he is eventually going to be so that he can take on Voldemort. Nevertheless, Harry is the one who potentially has the power to defeat the most evil wizard ever. Or look at other shows. This is true across the gamut, right? What about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? We see right there a contradiction in the name itself. Buffy, which denotes an empty-headed cheerleader, the Vampire Slayer. Or how about Rocky Balboa? I mean, he was a poor, uneducated meatpacking worker who had it in him to become the heavyweight champion of the world. The revelation of true character in contrast or contradiction to characterization is fundamental for all fine storytelling. And by the way, when I say contradiction, I don't mean a true contradiction, where it's impossible for two things to be true at once. I'm talking about paradox, where it only seems contradictory, but on reflection, it actually does make sense. So part of the reason why Rocky's able to do what he does is because he's grown up on the streets right? He's learned to be tough, to get by on very little, to rely on his internal metal just to survive. So our characters need to be paradoxical, meaning it only seems like a contradiction, but in actuality, it does make sense. Here's another example. Rick Blaine in Casablanca. When we meet him at the beginning of the story, he does not seem like a good man. He seems bitter, hardened, gruff, self-absorbed. He even says, I stick my neck out for nobody. But then that young couple comes into the place and they're hoping to get married. And what does Rick Blaine do? He tells the guy at the roulette table, let him win. So he is not at heart what he seems to be at face value. Characters must be paradoxical. They must have hidden depth. Minor roles may not need hidden depth, but major characters cannot be at heart what they seem to be at face. People are not what they appear to be. Okay, so one last example, and this is because I want you to see that it's not just true for our good guys, but this principle is true for our bad guys, too. So let's look at one of the greatest villains that we've ever seen in cinema, and that would have to be Hannibal Lecter. Why is Hannibal Lecter such a great villain? Well, because he is not at heart what he seems to be at face. We get to his prison cell and what is he doing? He's standing there in the middle of this pool of light. He's got art on the wall. It's decorated, it's beautiful inside. He's got this nice English accent and he seems so polite, and he listens to classical music, and he likes Chiante and he likes good dinner and good food, and he seems like such a gentleman, he does not look like a monster. Who is the most dangerous of all of these guys in this lower, lower basement cell block? Who is the scariest of them all? Hannibal Lecter. Because so we could recognize the other guys as monsters and get away from them. But not him, because he fools us, and that's what makes him so dangerous. He's the kind of guy we want to go over to his house for dinner. And guess what? He wants you to, because he wants to have you for dinner. So... The point here is that your characters cannot be at heart what they seem to be at face. In your story, you need to find a way to show characterization that is in contrast to their true character. In our next podcast, we're gonna talk about what that looks like Because we still have to make it believable. It still has to make sense. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. For now, what we've learned today is that one of the most fundamental principles of story is characters must include a paradoxical element. They cannot be at heart what they seem to be at face. I wanna thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so enjoying this. It's so much fun to be able to talk about these things I'm so passionate about. I would ask you, would you try to help me get the word out? I feel like the content is pretty good, but I don't think my marketing skills are that great. So I would love your help. To get the word out to any writers that you think would actually benefit. It's really important that we build up an audience so we can keep doing this. The other thing I want to say is that people have also been asking me if there's anywhere that they can download the transcripts for these podcasts. So to that end, I am currently in the process of trying to make that possible by putting them on my website. As soon as it's ready, I can send an email out and you will know that you can come and get a transcript for any of these episodes. Thank you so much for listening to The Mission with Zena Del Lowe. May you go forth and change the world for the better through story.